when you have a melting pot, everything heats up and then you get one universal thing. And it gives people this illusion that we're all the same. We're all going to be equal. We all have the same experiences. And that's not reality. Welcome to the final podcast in the 14-part series where we focused on racial justice. I'm Guillermo Perez, a supervisor to in street environmental services, and I'm here with Public Works Director Alaric DeGraffenried. Hi, Alaric. How are you doing today? Hey there. Hey, Guillermo. Good to have you here today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, this is great to be here. So how do you feel at this time with all the continued attention to the racial injustice and police violence against the black community in our nation? You know, it's one of those things that I feel mixed about it. I feel uh, saddened by it that it's still going on, but I'm encouraged that it's still going on because this isn't the first time that we've had an incident like this. If you want to just focus like on the Bay Area, you know, going with whether it be for Oscar Grant or what have you, there was a lot of energy and it was, it was short lived and then it stopped. And so that's where I have these uh, and these mixed feelings and that I'm and disheartened that, you know, this is still happening. But I am pleased at some level that it is uh, still happening, that people are still uh, talking about it. And I think what the and the challenge is is and how can we harness that uh, and that energy and to get something uh, ever positive uh, ever from that and that's one of the things I've been uh, and very happy to see at least out uh, of public works is that we are trying to take steps to move the needle things like these podcasts and getting people to talk about it and the racial equity uh, and work we're doing more broadly. So hopefully we are taking something that is very negative and trying to get some positive uh, effort from it. Using what you said right now, um, as far as even this podcast, I'm sure you've caught a couple. I participated in one. Um, it was an honor to, to participate. Is there any any podcast that you could relate to or is there any common denominator that you see throughout the podcast that uh, were presented? You know, the one thing that I found, you know, which isn't a huge surprise, but again, it's just uh, to, to hear commonalities and, you know, whether it be and for Larry Stringer, Krim Jackson and, and Nicholas King and even my own experiences is some of the things are so ever similar. The numerous times that I'm stopped, not for anything, doing anything wrong, but just for being a black man and maybe not in the place where they feel like you're supposed to be. If that lady drops her purse, they're going to kill us because they're going to say we tried to take. You fit the description of somebody that snatched a purse. As I was opening this small Amazon box uh, in a sweatshirt with the name of my law school on it, um, with my mask on in my own front door, um, I saw, I heard actually, uh, a voice say, hey, is that yours? And all this really for doing nothing more than ever waking up that morning as a young black man. And the common stories is, you know, again, it's very disheartening in this country that we uh, pride ourselves on being, you know, one of the best countries in the world. And, you know, these are similar stories that 
when I talk to my dad who grew up on the outskirts of Memphis, I mean, deep south, and to to my grandfather, I, I remember when I was a kid, probably no more than uh, eight to ten uh, years old, and uh, and my dad and I went to go get some food for the family this one evening. And this place uh, called and Bozo's Barbecue. I mean, I I remember it and feel like it was yesterday. You know, we went to the front door, but he showed me. You know, Alaric, when I was your age, we had to go through this other door, and he physically walked me around to the back door, and he, you know, he showed me some of the water fountains, which were the, the colored uh, water fountains and white uh, water fountains. And, you know, this was probably uh, in the 70s, but those things were still there as a, you know, a reminder, I think, you know, uh, as a lot of ways to, to kind of keep people uh, in their place. You know, it's a bit different here in the Bay Area than it is, I think, in, a, in several places across the country. Um, I think, you know, we pride ourselves on being diverse and, and inclusive and things like that. But there are a lot of ways where we aren't. One of the things I've heard people talk about is San Francisco being a, as a melting pot. And, you know, as, as many years ago, uh, I think when I was in college or something like that, had an opportunity to speak with a professor and was, this person was very adamant that we shouldn't ever strive on being a, as a melting pot. We should focus on trying to be a, as a salad bowl. When you have a melting pot, everything heats up and then you get one universal thing. And it gives people this illusion that we're all the same. We're all going to be equal. We all have the same experiences. And that's not and that's not uh, uh, as reality with a salad bowl. Everything has its its flavor, you know, and the tomato appreciates the lettuce and the celery and all the other stuff. And I think that's in large part we are so I think as uh, as a culture and a society so. um uh, conflict averse and risk averse that we just want to blend so we don't have to have these hard conversations. It's going to be some conflict. Uh, you know, I'm not going to necessarily get along with, you know, every person, every culture, but at least I can appreciate you for the the flavors you bring. And then you have the same respect and uh, as appreciation for me. And we learn to work together and together we come out with that great flavor. It's just the uh, and the recognition and the appreciation and the awareness of what all the cultures bring. And I think that's what we at Public Works, I, uh, as I'm hoping we are uh, trying to achieve, which again, it, as it's not easy. Something that you just shed light on is a different aspect. I, one, have been a person to always use the metaphor of us being a melting pot. But when you say the statement that you just said, I completely agree with that. We are a city that is real diverse and real blended in together. But at the end of the day, are we actually losing our own identity? You know what I mean? Or are we yep. use, losing our heritage? I don't want to forget where I came from just because I'm trying to blend into what I'm in now. But at the end of the day, in the same bowl, we're just going to complement off of each other and provide a better, more fruitful um, salad, which would be kind of like our environment. The more that we are able to accept one another, but still be ourselves, that is really what's going to make it better. Um, sometimes using that thought of uh, the melting pot, um, it kind of gets you away from the reality of 
the racism that we have going on. You kind of want to turn the blind eye because you're part of this melting pot. But you also need to accept um, yourself. You need to accept your, your own identity and also the issues and the trials and tribulations that other people are facing also to be more knowledgeable, be more aware. And um, the more we communicate and we express ourselves, the more we can understand where we come from and understand one another. So I completely yeah. like that. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's all about the differences, but I think as we learn to appreciate the differences of uh, one another and understand that uh, everyone's history is not going to be the same, you know, because, you know, I think that's been one of the things with some of uh, all the things that have happened in the last uh, few months. People didn't understand that that was happening. It's been happening. It just has, has not been happening to you or to possibly your uh, uh, the people that are in, a, in your circle. And I think what happens because of that is because this has been going on so long, you know, and for 400 years has, you know, there's been in, at least, you know, it's African-Americans and, it's, uh, and, and other cultures. It could have been uh, at different time periods, but this isn't new. And but it's just a, a possibly new to these other groups. And I think, you know, one of the things I think that's allowing some of this energy to still be around this topic, which, you know, this is not uh, obviously intentional, but I think COVID and the shelter in place, people are now at home more. So they're getting more TV, you know, than they would normally get. So we're all seeing the same stories, I think, a lot more now. So we are now having uh, as a conversation that we probably should have had decades ago. But I think now this, we're just kind of forced to have it because everyone's at home and, and no one was watching sports. And that's all people were watching was, you know, those incidents that happened to, uh, uh, and to Mr. Floyd. So. Yeah, and I, and I completely agree. It's, um, it's amazing how timing works, but hopefully we can use this time with the COVID and the shelter in place and, and all the unfortunate injustice that's happening. Hopefully it could all work together in a sense to shed more light on the matters at hand. Sometimes watching a basketball game or a baseball game for three hours, that's taking you completely out of reality. You know what I mean? And yep. you don't really see what's going on out there. Um, I've even transitioned into not just watching the local news. I want to watch the world news. I want to know what's going on in the world, what the aspect is of other people and what they're thinking and what they're facing. And even to, re to reference, I believe, Selena Chen, she, and she made a statement that stuck with me if i read or if i listen to any of the martin luther king speeches now today in 2020 all all of those speeches are still very relevant so it's taking us 60 years to not really move forward so it's just so unfortunate that this amount of years later, we're still facing with these, these, these challenges. But at the same time, back to kind of what I was saying, maybe the timing of everything is what's going to help um, us expose this problem and maybe try to eliminate the problem or at least learn how to deal with the problem. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, every 12 years ago with uh, uh and Barack Obama, when he was running for president, I mean, in my lifetime, I never thought I'd see uh, as a black president. Not why I just, you know, if Jesse Jackson tried a couple of times, never thought it would happen. And when it did, and I think we as a country, I think we saw, OK, we are now at a point where racial justice is going to start happening because we have an African-American president. That's like 
that's Super Bowl. And I think people thought, well, we got a black man in the White House. Things are going to change. And, you know, things got better. I think, you know, I want to say that they didn't get better, but it didn't change necessarily the attitudes of some of the uh, the larger uh, in the institutions that uh, that were there, and you know which is very unfortunate. And then you know now, and and, and I'm not going to comment on uh, the politics and what your uh, people's feelings are on the current uh, 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 president, but you know it just shows though that it, it takes more than just one person to to change a, a culture, you know, and it's and it, and it isn't just a matter of eight great years that, you know, it's going to take a lot longer to do that. And as Guillermo, I know that uh, you have kids and I have as a daughter, too, and, and several other people here throughout uh, and public works do. And I know that just trying to raise our kids up to be the upstanders, you know, that's that's really and so what it's going to take is this you know, creating as a generation of of the people, uh, whether it be uh, people at Public Works or our kids, and you know, across the, the broader community, to to stand up to uh, as injustices as we see them, and getting them comfortable to have those conversations. My daughter is uh, half black and she's half Latina, and wanting her to be comfortable, you know, whether she's with black people and Latino people, white people, Asian people, wherever she's at being comfortable to stand up and to speak her mind and sp- and speak out when she sees things that aren't right. Yeah, that's one thing I'll, um, that I do bring up to my children often is I'm not just trying to raise my children just to be grown adults. I'm trying to raise positive citizens to society. It's difficult because I don't know what the future holds for our youth uh, in society today. I know with what I'm dealing with and back to kind of what other people in the in our snapshots were saying is I know what what it means to me and I'm taking the steps to make that change but what changes are going to be actually made that my kids are going to benefit from um because changes can be made for the negative but we're looking more for the changes for the positive we're not looking for more segregation and more separation we're looking for more community building for more togetherness you know as as a human race so um yeah it's it's a challenging time especially when i think about our kids and stuff like that So, Alaric, what steps um, is the department taking to being a more equitable department? Sure. So, Mayor Reed requiring each of the departments to come up with a, as a racial equity plan. But I want to believe that we here at Public Works are even doing uh, more than just the minimum. The first uh, and the racial equity newsletter, as it just came out last week, we have our cohort. And this is something that we are going to be committing to for sure. Uh, you know, we're going to be changing at the performance as evaluations going into the next year. But the one thing I do want to somehow include, which I have not ever figured that out yet, but, but I'll be working with the cohort, is trying to f- include a racial equity into that to get, to get us ever thinking about it. You know, it's not something that everyone wakes up every morning. Morning, you know, when you're uh, and brushing your teeth and get, you know, and getting dressed, and you're thinking about racial equity. But I do want you to think about it, you know, at some point during the day, during the week, during the month, about what you, if you can do, what I can do as uh, individuals to create more equity. I know Guillermo, you've been actively involved in the racial equity cohort, and I was wondering if you could tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, I am part of the racial equity um, working group uh, for Public Works. We are 
from all kinds of areas in the department, all different kinds of skills. We have people in project management, finance, operations, communications, trainings, and more. The first thing that we did when we joined the group is we attended the GARE convention, which is the Government Alliance for Race and Equity. They were giving us scenarios and tools and how to respond to things, how to deal with these conversations based around this topic. So that was real informative to us. Um, since then, we've implemented some brown bags at Operations Yard and also at different facilities, whether it's downtown at 1155 Market, City Hall, everywhere, you know what I mean? Trying to accommodate everybody to make sure that they join us and they hear what we actually have to offer. And we also had a Black Lives Matter uh, listening session. We meet uh, weekly, if not weekly, bi-weekly. And and we're just uh, changing information and scenarios and trying to see how we could further support one another um, in our own um, entities, pretty much. You know, one of the things that we talked about several weeks ago is that it was not enough just to say that Public Works is not a racist organization. We have to be anti-racist uh, uh, organization, meaning that we have to as affirmatively go out and try and, and root out the things that cause and lead to racism. So it's just not enough to say, well, it's not me. I'm good. So it's up to the bad people to change. No, we have to actually stop them from doing that. So we're going to have to, again, have those conversations to start to uh, to find ways to make that happen. And again, unfortunately, I don't know the uh, the, the magic words to make that happen, because if I did, I'd be as a rich man by now, but but I'm happy to provide platforms and trying to uh, and have conversations with people that want to help me try uh, and to figure it out. And again, and I'm saying me, but it's not me, it's us. It's, it is going to take the group effort to do that, because like I was saying before, once we had a black president, we thought the world would change. There wouldn't be any more racism. And that obviously didn't happen. And so it's, it's, I think that shows that it's not about one person. It is a whole uh, and society that has to be involved in those conversations. They can't just be in the people of color that are trying to make those changes. It has to be a larger group of people. And I think we have in the foundation, I've been encouraged by you know the podcast series and the, the feedback I've gotten about the podcast and how it's changed uh, their views on things. But the thing I don't want to do is this is uh, this is kind of going back to what we were first talking about is I don't want to lose the, uh, in the energy that we have right now. You know, I don't want uh, you know, we all of a sudden have as a cure to COVID. And now all of a sudden people start going back and uh, things go back to normal. Well, in some ways, I want some things to go back to normal. I, I do want our kids to go back. I uh, if do uh, and and uh, and to want us to come back into the office and give each other a handshake or a hug or whatever, but I don't want our society and the way that we uh, deal with uh, uh, issues regarding uh, equity and to go back to normal because normal is is uh, as is not acceptable and the normal is where you do have. Uh, uh, the problems we've had for the last uh, in the 400 years from a the racial equity standpoint i do not uh, want us here at public works and to go back to normal i want us to strive for, uh, for something and beyond normal to get past normal conversations 
on the topic of racial equity are a hard conversation. They're a difficult conversation. So I appreciate that we at least are having these hard uh, conversations. But not only are we having these hard conversations, but Public Works Department as a whole is providing a platform for people to be able to express themselves. You actually get to learn and you get to know some of your staff members that you deal with day in day out but you might not speak about these uh, mm. be- about these topics because they're that the hard topic to speak about you know you don't you're kind of um, sometimes even scared to have a conversation because you don't want your friend to have the opposite aspect in life than you do and you don't want that to be what splits the friendship apart you know what i mean so in a sense through these podcasts i'm a real big fan of the podcast because people are actually expressing themselves they're expressing things about themselves that maybe they wouldn't do in a regular conversation and i really feel like we've gotten to know our own staff members our own co-workers we've gotten to know them a little bit better i really i really uh like the podcast to be honest yeah. with you. No, I mean, you know what? That's a great point. I mean, I think we tend to assume certain things. Well, this person you know, has a, 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 looks like me, similar background. So I'm just going to assume that we think the same way. And, and I think you're right, Jeremy. So sometimes you don't even have conversations about which, which uh, it could be and some meaningful topics. And this is a way to maybe hear about, well, wow, I didn't understand me and this person. We feel completely different about, you know, this or that. And but now this is providing that that perspective. And maybe hopefully that'll lead to some other conversations, which, which I've uh, talked about it with some staff that they've gotten emails from other staff members here at Public Works, to, you know, saying that, hey, I heard your podcast and I heard you say this, that and the other. And I wanted to uh, uh, have a, 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 a conversation about that with you, you know, and that's, you know, uh, as a positive thing. I mean, for me, the purpose of the podcast was just to provide uh, a platform where we could continue those conversations and uh, archive conversations and share them in large part with different people across the Public Works family, you know, from Clinton, you know, came from as a small town uh, in Kansas. You know, for most of my childhood, I didn't grow up around anyone of any color other than white. We were in like an old Southern city that had remnants of Jim Crow and segregation. We were in Kansas, but it's just everyone there is a farmer. As Maisha and her perspective. And I remember going to school and my mom showing up and people, kids and even teachers looking at like, well, where's your mom? And I'm like, that's my mom over there. And they're like, oh, no, that's not your mom. That's a white lady. I remember, you know, days later being snickered at, like, you're a half-breed, you're a zebra, you know, so what are you? You know, are you black? Are you white? Are you you this? Are you that? With all that in mind, this was hopefully a way to have a larger conversation where we could hear what everyone was saying and hear everyone's perspectives. I don't think you really underestimate the value of a... of just being as aware, aware of uh, uh, someone's background, aware of someone's story, of their voice. And I, th- and, and I think hopefully that this uh, podcast series has uh, provided that uh, as awareness to some people. Uh, and I think uh, going forward, you know, we could uh, do another uh, 1,600 uh, of these podcasts across the uh, Public Works family. And, and I'd be happy to do it. But now I think we just need to figure out 
and do we continue the podcast or do we now pivot and try and figure out some other means of accomplishing the same thing? But because, again, I think there is no uh, limit to the number uh, of the stories. I mean, you could have people growing up in the same household uh, as twins and they never left each other. But but those two people would have different stories. And so just trying to provide vehicles where we can uh, continually hear the perspectives and the voices of, of all, uh, of, uh, certainly in the 1600 people here at Public Works, but even more broadly, here of uh, the people within this uh, in the city family within the San Francisco Bay Area and then even uh, and beyond that. So Alaric, I've really enjoyed the conversation that we had today based on racial equity and also our podcast. Um, I really enjoyed your aspect and it really means a lot uh, to hear it from you. Actually, uh, I should be thanking you. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you as about this. And again, my only thing that I wish it could it could be would be uh, as a face to face conversation. But I'm certainly looking forward to having these uh, and these dialogues with you in person for uh, for many weeks and months to come. So, and we'll even add years to come until the change yep. is made. <laughs> we're not going to stop. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a Public Works podcast.